0: Welcome, and thank you for listening to the New Day Podcast. We are located in South Kansas City, proclaiming the good news of God's grace to our region and abroad. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, newdaykc.org. So let's pray, because this is like, uh, this has been, again, uh, for me, uh, extremely meaningful to enter back into it because I felt like the Lord was asking me to be quiet and take put on the listening ear and hearing him and hearing his voice and what's going on and to just kind of sh- watch watch the words of my mouth and listen and pray and pray over what I was hearing and so I did been doing this series on the listening ear and hearing God. And the third principle that we looked at is discerning God's voice. And we got about halfway through it. So uh, the ways that God speaks to us first, the written word, we looked at that last week, dreams and visions, the audible voice of God. And then this one, which is really important, it's the impressions and promptings. It's like the internal, it's nearly audible, At times, the internal voice of God that is speaking to your heart. So, we spent quite a bit of time with that. The next one I want to look at so that we can get through this, and uh, believe it, I sandwiched this in the middle because it's the most important part of the sandwich. Really is. And that's the peace of God. When you have the peace of God come on you, everything changes everything in your life changes when you can't make decisions when you have fear when you have those kind of things and you need to hear God one of the ways he'll speak to you is that when you just enter into a time of what we identify as peace what is peace? it's not having to push an agenda and not having to be worried not having to change things and it's just it's the big sigh <sighs> What am I worried about? And you start agreeing with God. It's interesting that in Psalm 29, which I love Psalm 29, um, years ago, the Lord gave me actually music to this, and I I would sing it to to myself a lot and sang, sang this part of the Psalms. The Lord will give strength to his people, and the Lord will bless his people with peace. Part of the blessing of hearing God is I start walking in peace. I don't feel frantic. I don't look to the left or the right. I, I stop going, what is going to happen next? Or that other thing that we do when things are going well and you go, I wonder when the other shoe will drop. You ever have that kind of feeling? The peace of God eliminates that in our hearts. Listen to a co- couple other scriptures. This is from Malachi 2.5. My covenant with him was with him, one of life and peace, and I gave them to him that he might fear me. But then again, so often when the word, in, especially in the old covenant, is translated fear of God, that word actually means worship. That we would worship him. Uh, Jesus, when he was in, in the wilderness, when he starts uh, quoting Deuteronomy back to the enemy, tells him that we will worship the Lord. And where, in, if you read it in Deuteronomy, it says fear. So just go back and re, retake those root words, because a lot of times the way the English translation works, they chose who the translators were, trying to find the best word for that. But if you look at the Hebrew word and and blow it out, if you fear God, because we're always this thing where I, th- I think part of us want us to fear God and then he's other than us, so there is that awe fear. But it's not fear in the sense of I'm scared to be with God or around God. Matter of fact, it's just the opposite. It produces worship in our heart. It is the awe of God. I am in awe of God, which causes a reverence for Him. Reverence and peace are linked. When you're at peace you feel rev. What does reverent mean? It means worship. It means to acknowledge. It means to understand that I'm in a holy place. Listen, when peace starts resting on your heart, whether it's over a simple decision or whether it's over world affairs and you're concerned, when God's peace comes down on you, you are hearing God. So right now, I think it's a little hard to have peace. I don't know about you, but uh, one of the things I've been trying to do is draw back on on staying away from my phone and the news apps and checking out what happened the past 12 minutes, if you get my drift, and instead. Just saying, God, let your peace rest upon me. I open my ear to hear what you have to say. Romans 8, 6 says, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And then in the, here's what Romans actually says, and you are in the spirit. It's not an evaluation time. It's, Romans 8 is describing who you are in God, not giving you a, a, a prescription that you have to live up to. It's not any of that. It's, it's describing your life in God. I'm in the Spirit. Therefore, my mind can be set on him. So Isaiah says, he whose mind is stayed on me is in perfect peace. I will keep him in perfect peace. So Peace is this gift from God that we're actually to hear. And when we hear it, we can settle down in our hearts. Romans 15 says this, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So here's what we know. Peace isn't just a feeling, it's something I believe To hear that, do you believe that God wants to give you peace? If you believe it, that that's in His Word and He wants to give it to you, then you can receive it. But if you don't believe it, it's hard to receive it. If it's hard to receive it, you don't know it and you don't recognize it. So you're you're doing the opposite of giving your attention. Remember what we talked about—the difference between listening and hearing. You're you're putting earmuffs. <laughs> You're putting your hands over your ears, and then that peace is centering in. That's why it's so deeply important. Every decision. Colossians 3, we know this one well, 15, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. I try to be thankful to get peace. What I really need to do is believe in the peace of God, and I become thankful, because there's no better feeling. That's why I call it the great sigh. Uh, do, do you expel your anxiety with a sigh? I do. matter of fact, I have an idiosyncratic behavior of doing that, which I'm not always crazy about, and neither are other people. But there's something about centering in the peace. How do I do that? Do you believe with your heart? Then tell your mind that. Just speak right unto your soul. Soul, receive the peace of God right now. And man, it's just, it just really, really happens. It's one of the most important ways of hearing God. Why? Because of 1 Corinthians 14. Look at that sandwich in there. Verse 33. For God is not the author of confusion, but of Peace as in all the churches of the saints. So confusion doesn't mean you're doing something wrong. Confusion means is you're not searching out his peace. Confusion is to be stuck between two points, not being able to decide. He says, God's not the author of that. God wants to speak peace into your heart so you can look at it and go, that's the right thing to do. It's amazing how many believers don't trust that they know what is the right thing to do. You do. Why? Because the Holy Spirit lives in you. He's the Holy Spirit. He always directs you to holiness and He's kind and loving and He'll always give you a warning when it's not holy. Uh, Sometimes that's an icky feeling. Sometimes that's a ooh, I am in the wrong place at the wrong time. Sometimes it's just a knowing that you're not supposed to be there. So, y'all know I like to fish a little bit, right? Yeah, well, most, most of you know I like fishing a little bit. I like fishing a lot. My brother and I, who, he's in heaven now, but we had a conversation one time where everything was going wrong that morning. You know, we were getting, the line's getting stuck in the sticks, the line's breaking, a reel broke, the boat isn't working right, the motor's not working right. He looked at me and said, let's go in. And went, we just got here. And he said, not supposed to be out here this morning. Nothing's going right. And sometimes, that's just the way it is, but he knew that there were things. But he wasn't at peace. And he said, let's go in. So here's another way that God speaks to us and this, but I notice I put a little parenthetical thing. Circumstances. Be careful. Be careful. Because sometimes circumstances we attribute to God and we say God did this or God did that. We're really good at it with tornadoes and major events and telling people that it was God's judgment on Atlanta because da 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 happened or here and there be careful and the Lord issued concerns over that for everybody when his disciples started saying oh that tower at Siloam that fell because he said be very careful circumstances God can and does speak through the circumstances in life that you go through but be very careful with it how how do I be very careful with it don't judge it quickly and wait for a lot of confirmations. When something has occurred, I've gone, was that the Lord? What I usually do, I have this little thing that I go through. I ask the Lord to have somebody that knows about the situation talk to me about it, and somebody who knew absolutely nothing about it say something about it that connects it for me. Is that fleecing God? Sort of. But I found it to really work, especially with circumstances. Well, I lost this, so I'm going to find that, and it's going to be, and God's doing this, and God's doing that. You've got to do that one carefully. He can speak through circumstances. Look at Acts 9. That's the story of Saul becoming Paul. And here's the circumstance. He's going to go... He's going to actually go kill some believers or be involved in that in a judgment scene. And he's riding along on his horse with his entourage and his friends and everything. And he's just doing his own will. And God knocks him off his horse. Will God violate your free will? Hmm. For all of us theologians that say he will never violate your will. Well, he knocked Paul off his horse. If you look at symbolism... horse speaks of the flesh. It's a symbol in the Bible of the flesh. He knocks him off his horse and sends a bright light that actually blinds him. He's in some dire circumstances. But what's really amazing is then you get to hear the exchange that he has with God because the voice of the Lord comes and says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Meaning his church, his body. Now, here's the wonderful answer. Who are you, Lord? Do you get that, what he's actually saying? Who are you? And then he calls him Lord. He knew. We know. And when it's God and you're in circumstances, the reason I share this story is you know When it's God in those circumstances, how do you know? Well, it's connected to peace. That's why I put it right after that. You know. You know that it was God. And even when you still have questions about it, like what Saul was going through, I, I I don't really ever want to be blinded. I always want to have my sight. Another way that God speaks to us is through the counsel of others. Now, I'm not talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and somebody walking up and says, hey, I think God wants me to tell you this. The counsel of others are people that you trust in your life. It's the counsel given to you by the people that are in that sphere of closeness to you. They know you. They understand the situation. They even know your measure of like things you believe, don't believe, like, don't like. And they're there to give you counsel. And the counsel of others can be the way that God speaks to you. Now, some people become over-dependent on this, but some people completely ignore it and they do everything on their own. Where's the balance? A balance. Do... <laughs> that which God is definitely showing you and when those other things line up, peace of God, the circumstances and all that. But if it's really and here, here's when it comes out, I want to I'm, I'm hear God over these big decisions, then go get the counsel of your friends. There's where the Proverbs comes in. Where there is no counsel, the people fail. It says fall. People fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. So, here's what you really need to take away with this. Hearing God is a safety issue. Hearing God with others is a bigger safety issue. Now, I have no problem with you getting up on a trapeze. I don't like them. I don't like rides. I don't like any. I don't like the roller coasters. I don't like any of that stuff. I'm sort of a white-knuckled flyer. (sighs) You get me in a small aircraft and I'm like, you know, and under my breath I'm speaking in tongues and praying and uh, trying to encourage my heart. Um, This is the safety net for us as believers. Have good people that you can talk to that you trust in your life. The counsel of others will allow you to hear God. Now, what it is is when it's the counsel of others, I have a question for you. Who has permission to tell you no? If you don't have somebody else in your life that has the permission to tell you no, you're gonna miss out on this. Or to really be a really good friend goes, you know, that's really a harebrained idea, Rindles. You ought not to do that. Not only no, but oh my gosh, what were you thinking? That's the counsel of others. And then it works the other way in the positive too. You know, this is probably the best thing that could happen in your life right now. And I really think you should do it. Those kind of people that can speak into your heart. That's why we have a body. Because they can really do that. Silence. Silence. God often speaks loudest by His silence. When I am petitioning even to hear Him, and I get nothing back, or I have a situation, and I lay that out, and it's been—I like, don't mean like a half hour, you know—and it's—it's uh, it's, you know, a lot of times prayer is trying to wear doubt, God down to come onto your side of things. You know, if we t- we tend to do that. If God isn't saying anything, He's speaking. If you're familiar with His voice, if God isn't saying something to your heart about it, He's speaking quite loudly. Don't do anything with it. Leave it alone. I have to decide one way or the other. Leave it alone. Let the answer come from Him. He'll do it. A lot of times when we make a big decision, one of the things that we've done is give permission to God in prayer to stop it. We think this is you. And if it's not, you have my permission. I will listen immediately and I will shut it down. We won't do it. We've had that hold our lives, Brenda and I, for so many times. These other two ways that the Lord speaks to us and speaks to our heart, I think, are... Uh, you know, it's strange because they're, they're mixed up, can get mixed up with things like justice issues and stuff like that and in the land and everything. God does speak to us through human need. He can and he does. But you can't meet every human need that's on the planet. Nor was every church called to do that. Well, that church is a serving church, and they go out and they do this and this. That was the direction that God gave them, but that doesn't mean it should be for everybody. You have to do what God's speaking to your heart to do. And he can use human need. Well, I don't have to hear, I've heard this in a sermon, I don't have to hear the Lord, I hear him very clearly in what people are saying, going, oh... We're needed here, so I have to do that. You know, is what I'm saying biblical? Remember the guy that Peter, James, and John, after the resurrection, walked by? And he called out to them, and he was sitting at the gate, beautiful. And he was sitting there at the gate, and he was calling out and calling out, wanting to be touched and healed. Jesus walked through that gate. Before he went to the cross and was resurrected. And that man cried, out, said he cried out daily. There's a timing issue. Jesus didn't meet that need then through his physical body at that point in time. But after he's resurrected, it's one of the first miracles we get to see in the book of Acts. Same guy, same place different set of things. Different set of people and responses. We don't necessarily have to meet all human need and that human need isn't the only way that God speaks. So we have to be careful with that. Psalm 37 verses 3 and 4. Delight yourself also in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Doesn't mean He's going to give you everything that you want. He'll give you the desires of your heart. God speaks to us because he puts certain desires and and oftentimes we call that callings, but he just plants it right here. Or he gave you a gift and, and it's there and that's God speaking to you and you can hear him in that. You know, I never would have thought I liked that, but I like doing that. Well, that's because God planted that in there. He gave you a desire in your heart to do that. Um, I never knew that I was going to be a teacher. Did, did not understand it one iota. After I got out of the military and went to college, I took, I took their, like, wasn't a placement test. It was a test to find out what, what you would be good at because I didn't know what I was going to do. I'm 27. I've been 26 years old, and I've been a dog handler for seven years. You know, and a cop. And I didn't knew I didn't want to do that anymore. But I didn't know what to do, so I went into the counselor and took his test. And you know, when it came back, the top one was you'd probably be good at being a priest. I went, what? I no. One, I like being married, and none of those guys are married. You know, I connected it to everything that I knew. It was like early days and not understanding what that meant. But then understanding what that meant, and then it got spoken into me more and more, and people grabbing me and, and, and saying this. And I realized when I tasted it, what a desire I had for it that it was already there, that God put that in there and I didn't even know it was there. And all of a sudden, when salt becomes salty, you taste it. And it was sprinkled just enough on my tongue that I went, you know what, I think I could do this. And if both Brenda and I became teachers in the public school system, we would have summers off and we could go to Europe and go on their adventures and stuff. And he had other ideas. So I got my degree in extended English secondary education and I never taught in public school except for teacher training because God orchestrated it and he put other desires in my heart. I couldn't stand the political realm and he opened that up and then I worked in the political realm and I found out... that what my professor of English told me, the head of the English department, the first paper I turned into him, and he sent back and he said, Rindles, you were a born diplomat. I had to actually go see him because he didn't give me a grade and I had to go up and ask, or no, it had an F on it. He did give me a grade, it was a big F. And it said, see me after class, you were a born diplomat. I went, yeah, so I'm after class and uh, It shocked me, and I like I was shocked because I'd been getting good grades for like a while. And uh, I went in there and I I couldn't believe I had an app and he started telling me, he said, when you write something, make a decision and stick with it. He said, Let your yes be yes, and he didn't even I I don't think he I don't know if he's a Christian. He said, Let your yes be yes and your no no, but don't give me both sides of the argument he said, oh, by the way, he said, this is one of the best papers I've ever received. And he drew another line on the F and turned it to an A. God speaking. And he started to put, put the diplomacy work in my heart. And so I can make up, you know, lots of things on that. But the desires that God puts in your hearts, follow those out. Don't let them just, people talk and go, that's a pipe dream. Really? Don't do that. That's what the world does. God gives us desires in our heart. Guess what? What's the worst thing that could happen if you tried? Doesn't work out? Didn't happen? You got your answer. That's the worst thing that could happen. Hey, you could lose some money if it's an investment. I would be very careful about God and money and hearing God. If you're not in a good relationship with God, it's hard to hear God about your money. It's one of the most difficult, and he warned people about that. That's why the scripture says that it's the love of money that's the root of all evil. Not money. The love of money. That, one, that thing that gets us grabbing because we mix it up with, I'm doing God's will. Be very careful with money and God's will. I would say This. Use all the other principles in hearing God to address what you do and don't do with your money. It works really well. Let me do these final two things. Let me say this. I didn't get them on a slide, but here's four confirming principles that you can utilize with, with hearing the Lord. The first principle is this, and you want to ask yourself the question: Does what I hear align itself with God's word? That has to be first. It's the big one. Is this scriptural? You know, and you have, now that can get mixed up, and you can cherry pick and pull things through. Just make sure it aligns itself with the can. what's known as the canon of Scripture. It means the whole counsel of God. Not just one little aspect, but it aligns itself. And especially New Testament believers haven't been taught New Testament. Um, well, we have here. But we haven't been taught the canon of New Testament theology. So we have a big mixture of new covenant and old covenant stuff and we mix them together and then it becomes this extended equation of gobbledygook that I got to figure out in order to figure out whether it was God or not. Take unto you the counsel of God and look in his word. Second one, now remember what I said about circumstances, be careful here, are the doors opening is stuff occurring that looks like this is the right direction. That's a real confirming thing. Yeah, this, I mean, I've had people talk to me and this, this looks right. And the third one is what we spent so much time on this morning, the peace of God. Is your heart at peace? If it isn't, don't do it. If you don't have peace, if you can't go, I know I'm supposed to do this, don't do it. And then four, the other conferring is the counsel of others. Go talk to it. Don't make a big decision in a vacuum. That's, I'm just going gonna, gonna to give you a real scriptural word that's about it. That's stupid. <laughs> don't be donkey brained. Don't be dumb. Go and have other people input into your life. Well, I don't like what other people say. Now you've got an issue to talk with God about. Because God uses other people to speak to us. Really does. Okay. There's one more thing. There's three necessary attitudes to take this in hearing God that you have to put together. And it's found in one incredible scripture that every, every believer should have this scripture memorized. Is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean under your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will what? Shall direct your path. What can I say there? My sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. Here's the attitudes. First one's trust in the Lord. I'm going to trust you, God, and keep coming back because trust and faith are so connected. Don't depend on your own understanding of something. I'm going to think this through. Don't think it through without God. God loves for your thinking to happen. God is not scared of our intellect. We've been taught to be scared of it. We've been taught to have fear over it. And so when we use this, don't lean on your own understanding, he's not talking about don't think intellectually about this. To not lean on your understanding is, I see it one way, but God, you might be seeing it differently than me. Speak again to my heart. You don't have to make a decision today. Any, I would tell you this. Here's a practical one. You're going to go buy a new, a new used car. And that salesman puts the pressure on you. He says, well, this is a sale price today, but it might be gone tomorrow. Walk swiftly away. Because God has something else. Walk swiftly. You don't have to buy anything. I mean, how many young parents got the brand new, gotta have it this way, this way, this way, this way, and the new bassinet that turns into a folding chair that does this, and it turns them upside down. Oh, puts them to sleep when they're wide awake. And I gotta have that, and it's only $2,654 to get my baby to be comfortable and asleep. Forgetting that great-grandma probably put them in a chest of drawers and didn't even have a bassinet and sang a lullaby. And the baby went to sleep just fine. Oh, by the way, she got that chest of drawers at a yard sale for $10. You don't, don't do it that way. Ask God to speak to your intellect. To help you see it the way he's seeing it. So this understanding thing, you've got to take the whole counsel of God. The Lord says this in Isaiah. My ways aren't your ways. My thoughts aren't your thoughts. And then he says again, but come, let us reason together. He wants to show us and work that way. In all your ways acknowledge him. Ways are, it's a funny word, but it's an excellent word. That means in all that you do, all the other decisions, all the things that you harness, that you acknowledge him, What does that mean? God, you have the permission to lead me in everything. And if I'm going away, and I'm going, and I'm... Just be honest with him. I can really be a knucklehead when it comes to decision making. I get set in my way and start going in a direction. I don't want it to go my way. I want it to go your way. So I want to acknowledge you that you can direct my way. And he can. He can. He longs to speak to our hearts. And with closing this out, what I'd like to do in the next few weeks is we're going to look at um, some lessons from 1 John. Because uh, in doing this, I didn't understand exactly why I was supposed to do this now. And then now the Lord's been speaking to me. How do we handle ourselves as believers in with what's going on in the world around us and hear God? And not get grumpy, angry, disappointed, loss of hope, Uh, thinking they're all idiots. You know, chanting cheers, you know, let's go Brandon. Uh, uh, Instead of that... How do we operate in hearing God here in this life as believers? And so this was my, I want to close with this so you hear how I got this. I'm sitting and going, Lord, I'm, I'm not sure exactly where, I've got more life lessons and I can take it there, but this seems really important right now because I just read the Denzel Washington little blip about his life and that he said that one of the things he's doing right now is keeping his mouth shut trying to listen to God and pray. And he thinks that that's a good, pretty good prescription for all of us. And I went, yeah. And I look in my bookcase, and there's a book by Martin Lloyd-Jones, and it's a five-volume set in one volume. And if any of you have read Martin Lloyd-Jones, you know how thick that book is. And it's about life in Christ is the title. And it's a study of 1 John. And I went, of course. My little children, I write these things unto you. In a time where there was turmoil, turmoil, turmoil. At the end of his life, they think he may have been around 90 when he wrote that letter. And he'd gone through all the other stuff. And what's there in turbulent times? And so I want us to take a look at it. For now... Let your hearts, would you pray this week over the peace of God? The world doesn't have peace right now, have you noticed? We're believers. What should we have? Peace. Lord, I pray for our hearts right now that you would grant us peace. Peace in the inner person. Peace into our souls, into our mind, emotion, and will. Peace over the turmoil and circumstances of life. Peace over the situations that we read about. Peace that your people aren't at peace. Speak to each one of us. Speak deep inside. Deep calls unto deep. Call us to a deep place that... I pray right now for those that are disillusioned and discouraged, despair, downcast, that God's joy would come to your heart this week. That he would lift you up and lift you out of that malaise that keeps trying to put a blanket over your life. And that the Holy Spirit would grant unto you new insight new understanding, new hearing, and your heart would be filled with joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the love of God the Father and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all and you all this entire week. In Jesus' name, amen.